howdy do who fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and welcome aboard episode 25 One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. Now, the trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor! For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour, and I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm a doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy do fans, <laughs> hope you've all had a cracking week and they've all managed to do something. Something. Doctor, Doctor Who, Who related. related. If yeah. you can. Yeah. I think there's plenty of Doctor Who still, I think it's still on Netflix in the UK. Is it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I think, have Netflix, so I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And over in the US, um, I think they still have a service called Britbox. Oh, gosh, I remember I think, that. And I think Doctor mm. Who is on there. I could be wrong, but I think so. I, I need to. I might have to um, do a little trial subscription to Netflix. You know, like, you can have a little trial of it because um, there's a new thing with David Tennant and Michael Sheen, and you told me about it. I can't remember what it's called. What's that thing called? Oh. Uh, Where the de- David's the devil and Michael Sheen's like an angel, I think. Oh, something demons. Um yeah, it's a Terry Pratchett thing, isn't it? Terry anyway, Pratchett you told me game. about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you told me about it, and I, I immediately looked at the trailer, and it looks amazing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I must watch this. And then it comes up at the end, Netflix exclusive drama. And I'm like, oh, no, it's on blimmin' Netflix. I haven't got it. <laughs> so I might have to take a little uh, subscription out just to watch that and then immediately cancel immediately it. Immediately cancel, yeah. Well, I, I remember we did have it before. Um, I think I got it for Stranger Things. And then... We kind of like, once we'd finished series one and two, we were looking through it and there's so much on Netflix, so much. And uh, we sort of started a few things and then got bored after a couple of episodes of everything we watched and then so we cancelled it. Oh, <laughs> right, we just couldn't right. get into anything else. So, But that that does look awesome, whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, Good Omens. That's the one. Good Omens, yeah. It yeah, does look trailer, really cool. Yeah. Trailers, yeah, really good. Yeah. 
Indeed. Welcome all the TARDIS, everybody, new listeners who have jumped on board recently. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, those of you that have left reviews on iTunes as well, thank you very much for that. We had another uh, two or three that dropped in the last week or so. Thank you so much for that. It's really, appreciate taking the time out of your day to um to jump on there and write a little review. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. Thank you so much. And also to long-term listeners as well, our grizzled ancients, our guys that have been putting up with our nonsense for, for years now. <laughs> How long have we been going now? Four um, years? More? It's, Less? Well, the, the podcast started in March 2014. Right. And together, I think we've been doing it since something like July or August of that year together. Yeah. Um, so it will be, well, yes, yeah, five years now. Five years last week. I was going to say, so yeah. have you just gone past, have we just gone past an anniversary? Well, you, because you were, you know, solo when you started. So yeah. you started in March. Yeah. 14th so of you just, March. Have you just gone past it? Wow. Yeah, five awesome. years. Wow, goes quick, doesn't it? I can remember when you asked me on like it was yesterday. Yeah. Do you want to come on? I was thinking, yeah, I thought I'd play it cool. I'll be like, yeah, I could, yeah, I could do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he was all right. I think we're, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I was just listening to the intro as well because I was with our good friend Adam, very tall Adam. Uh, on Monday, and he was saying, oh, I've been trying to work out which stories each clip from your intros from, because I think he did that with the last one, didn't he? That's right. And he managed yeah. to get them all right. He said, I've, he goes, I've got the Pertwee one. I know that's not from a Pertwee story. And I was like, mm-hmm. what do you mean it's not from a Pertwee story? He goes, it's from the five doctors. I'm like, oh, it is, and yeah. Even t- yeah. And, yeah, and even tweet. So he's got that one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously got the first one. Um, so yeah, I love it. He's going through. I can't remember which one that he said he was stuck on, but uh yeah, next time I see him, I'll ask him if he's finished it, and then I'll I'll pass you his list and see if he's got them all right. You can mark it like a school teacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, because I still got the notes from when I researched what what quotes to put in. So mm. I've got all the episode stories that they're from. I, I was listening yes. really because it came into my head as when you were playing the intro in, and I was thinking I was going through them in my head, thinking, okay, yeah, I know that one, know that one. There was a couple there I didn't didn't know, but. Uh, Yes, I shall ask him next time, see if he's finished the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was with him on Monday, we were buying our Macro Terrors. Oh, right. Went out, yeah. and out to a shop. To you buy went out one. to a shop? Yeah, an actual wow. shop, yeah. yeah. Crikey. I know. Is it a good experience for you? Yeah, yeah, there's something about, because, um, you know, I, I've ordered, like, like season 18 and stuff, I ordered it online, and it's really nice to get it early with a lot of people and everyone's posted their pictures. I've got it and you know, all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, I was at home editing a video on Monday and I'd text me and said, uh, I'm going out to buy Macra. Are you free? <laughs> and it was really nice and sunny on Monday. I was thinking, do you know what? I let's go and get some air in my lungs and, and go and get Macra terror. So, um, yeah, I went out with him and it was cool. Cause we've obviously sat there with our copies in the pub afterwards and it was, yeah, it was a, a nice thing. Cool, cool. <laughs> to me, up a fellow who fan. Thing is, I I did order the steelbook online though. I got that from Zoom, our good old friends at Zoom, and uh, that did arrive early. Actually, I got back on Saturday, and uh, that was waiting for me when I got home. So that was nice. But nice. nice. Which one did you get? Steelbook. So I, yeah, the steelbook. Yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. opened it yet? I've opened it, but I've not watched it yet. It kind of pains me to open steelbooks because they look so nice sealed. <laughs> they do. And yeah. and as soon as you open them, because it's got that card slip case and stuff and 
I don't know. It's sort of it. It's lovely, but I always think they look their best when they're all sealed and new. Like um, my cushion movies have, have got a little bit. I've got steel books of both of them, and they've got a little bit scratched. Even though I'm really careful with them, <laughs> they they're quite easy to scratch, aren't they? So I, I always. I don't know. Always hate actually opening them, if that makes sense. But it's a nice steel book. Got to say, it's really nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah, don't know who did the artwork, but it's really nice. Very nice indeed. The the woman in Sainsbury's said, uh, which is where we bought the macro. Said when she saw the cover, because they have to take it out of the big mm-hmm. plastic security box that they put it. She's like, "What on earth is that on the <laughs> cover?" She was, and I was like, uh, "That's a macro." thinking she won't know she's like none the wiser dear i said that was basically a giant crab yeah basically she goes oh you doctor who fans (laughs) just like that but she was in a nice way yeah yeah and uh yeah so that was was gonna say cheeky old cow yeah i know yeah (laughs) just take it out of the box and take the money exactly I was on. I was on that. Now I'd gone to the self checkout, which meant it was the. She had to come uh, all the way yeah. over because the light flashed because it was, you know, a DVD, a Blu-ray in a box, and she had to unbox it and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I, it's a strange thing, isn't it? Dealing with um, dealing with people that don't really know a lot about Doctor Who, mm. and certainly can't appreciate that some of the levels of of fandom around it. I remember, uh, I think last this time last year, maybe. Or something like that. I remember phoning up a couple of Sainsbury shops asking about. I can't remember. Oh, I the asked vinyl. Oh, the vinyl. Yeah, and that was a disaster. Yeah, the woman didn't even know what Doctor Who was. Never no. heard of it. Let alone you know if she got anything in stock. I was like, this is going bad. This is not going well. <laughs> I thought mm. as soon as she said, "What's that, Doctor Who? What? You know, Doctor Who? Oh, I don't know anything about Doctor Who." As soon as she said that, I was like, "This is not going to end well." <laughs> you end up with Doc Martin or something. On, but yeah, we've got it. <laughs> yeah, oh, crikey. But yeah, Father it's strange, Brown. isn't it? When people, because we're just so, you know, it's our world basically, isn't it? It's, mm. How could anyone not know what Doctor Who is or anything about it? So when you come across people that are just completely, like you said, when she sort of, in a nice way, sort of rolled her eyes, like, you know, she got no What's time that? for it. It's like, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Count yourself lucky you don't buy any of the B&M sets because you, if you want to experience that, you know, notched up to 10 then phone B&M and ask them about Doctor Who blimey I can imagine yeah, yeah they are the well <laughs> yeah they, they don't make finding their Doctor Who <laughs> products easy I can tell you <laughs> you'd but, have thought that the staff in those shops would have got some or they do get some kind of um, like memo or like a, a, a weekly update from head office or something that's on the notice board out the back you'd have thought mm. they'd have something like that that said this week we're promoting this new Doctor Who set and you know that Doctor Who fans go mental for it. So mm. it looks like this. It's priced at this much. So you're probably going to get phone calls about it. So it's this yeah. thing, but surprising they don't do that. No, no. I've had some nightmare experiences on the phone to them. I will say actually to contrast that though, I did the, with the last set, um, I spoke to a guy actually in store who was really helpful. So, you know, not all bad uh, at B&M, but yeah, I've had some absolutely horrific phone calls with them trying to explain what I'm <laughs> after. And you're given the product code and the annoying thing is with B&M sets is they, they use, every time they release a new set, they use the same code for it, which means oh, it's almost right. impossible for them to tell you if they've got, for example, the TARDIS set, the new one, the fourth Doctor, had the same code as the third Doctor set from last year. So you've just no way of knowing if actually what they're telling you on the system is the new or old. It's very, yeah. It's not all their fault, but mm, yes. <laughs> it is a nightmare, mate, yeah. I must say, shameless plug, mm-hmm. your review for the 
Fourth Doctor region. Oh Tardis yeah, set. very good, mate. Oh, thanks, thanks a lot. Yeah, I took, I took a while getting that done, but I was pleased with the mm. end result because I kept thinking if I don't get this review out soon, no one's going to care. The set's been out for three weeks, you know, <laughs> and, and some people got theirs out like the next day. And sometimes amazes me how quickly a YouTuber can get a product and and do a review. And um, but yeah, I like to tinker around and <laughs> I put some TARDIS sound effects on it and all sorts. And yeah, so hopefully it's still relevant. But yeah, I was I was pleased when I finally got that out there. That's no, yeah. good. YouTube, the Geeks Handbag. Go and check it. Go and have a look. Yeah. And have a looky. Yeah. Uh, I really haven't been up to much, mate, Doctor. I know you went. You were out at another event, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Last I popped out to um, Phantom at the weekend That's right. uh, in yep. Chiswick. Uh, actually, a great day. Um, started off so bad as well it, it, because um, <laughs> Here we with go. all this, well, all this Brexit stuff, there was a big march going on in London, big protest. Mm-hmm. And I barely could get on the train. I mean, I was, uh, when I say crushed against the door, I mean, actually crushed against the door on the train. People just couldn't get on because there were so many people getting out to protest. So I spent like a 50 minute journey into London, just literally crushed against the door, which constantly opened because it had a sensor on it it was it was the most uncomfortable journey and i was on it and after about even 10 minutes i was thinking i want to go home i don't i don't think uh i don't think this event's going to be worth putting myself through this because you know every stop we stopped at people tried to cram more people in and it was just awful um so i got off at marlebone a bit frazzled (laughs) thinking oh (laughs) i just want to turn around and go home Mm -hmm. um but i'm so glad i didn't because i had the i had such a good day after that uh so i went up to phantom and um you know some cool guests there uh met sarah sutton played nissa had the best chat with her she was just so unbelievably lovely and uh, we were talking about the behind the sofa features I just, you know, told her how much I was enjoying them and stuff. And uh, she was saying she loves doing them. Um, but she said it's strange because they don't get to watch the whole story. They just get the snapshots bits. So she says half the time they don't know what's going on. And I was like, yeah, I kind of got the feeling that might be the case, you know, because like in Warrior's Gate, for example, which is a hard enough story to get your head around if you watch it all, if you're watching just snapshots of it, you've got no chance really, have you? Um, but she was just saying how much fun they were to do. And I told her that, you know, that us fans love them and we can't wait for more. Um, John Leeson was there, K9. Had a nice little chat with him. Yes, can't remember what I was talking to him about. But yeah, he was very nice. Uh, Tom Chadbon, he played Duggan in oh, City Duggan. of Death. Yeah. yeah, I've been wanting to meet him for a while because I love City of Death, love Duggan, classic. But he's also in a brilliant Blake 7 episode, which I love. And um, so I finally met him, so that was really cool. And, uh, and Adrian Gibbs was there as well. He played the Watcher. He's, uh, he's very nice, but quite quiet. Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> he's a bit like the Watcher himself, just quite quiet. So yeah, brilliant day. Met with loads of, you know, same same sort of people that go to the um, go to them every month. Uh, it's quite a sort of regular crowd. Um, and it was brilliant. Yeah, we just, and then we went to went to FP, obviously, afterwards, obviously. as as yeah. is standard. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I get in FP? What was the Cabinet of Woe like? Oh, it's just the same. <laughs> Honestly, just an ex- I think it was just an extra cobweb. <laughs> oh, mate. What <laughs> are they doing? The, I know. It's actually the, the Who section was shocking. I did buy something, but it wasn't Doctor Who. Oh, no, it was. No, sorry. I know what it was. I bought a, I bought a Rick and Morty blind box. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, because I do love Rick and Morty, but there's a sto- there's a quick story behind this. So open a box, got, Morty. Come on, Morty. I got one three weeks ago in in uh, in a supermarket, and the figure I wanted was Pickle Rick. Right. So I open the box. I see the head <laughs> come out of the the bin bag that they're inside. 
and it's Pickle Rick. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got him. I took him out the bag and his leg was broken. It had been snapped. Oh, I was no. Like, oh, no. And so I was like shaking all the other boxes. They're all far too heavy. I was like, no, I see only one in the box, <laughs> isn't it? So anyway, I thought, right, I'm in FP in three weeks. I'm going to try and find one that feels the same weight. So I'm rattling them all in FP. <laughs> Where's Pickle Rick? Anyway, I buy one, go outside the shop, immediately open it. Oh, it's not him. It's Morty. It's, uh, yeah, Morty looking ill or something toxic Morty. Oh, I was like, should I, try, should I risk another one? <laughs> So I go in, shaking all the boxes, and then, anyway, long story short, I, I bought three boxes because they were all in the sale. And um, on the third box, the final one, I got him. I was like, oh, thank oh, goodness. Nice one. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I bought. I didn't buy any who, I don't think. Yeah. But it, yeah, the cabinet looks ropey, to say the least. That's, it hasn't yeah. changed. That should be the new hashtag for the, the London Rope, Maker Store, the cabinet of woe. I do wonder if we ought to tweet them, actually. <laughs> because I just can't believe, like, the other parts of the store look so cool and that cabinet's all lit up. I just can't believe that they don't walk past it and think, oh yeah, we must sort that out. Yeah. It's you know so... what would be, um, what, what would be better actually is just round the corner from that, where the wall is, where that cabinet is and the who stuff. Yeah. If you go up to the end and turn left as if you were going to leave, just as you turn left, there's another wall quite small hmm. with all Harry Potter stuff and that's sort of bulging at the seams. It is, yeah. They should swap those two bits around. And have the Harry Potter stuff take up that section where it would actually have enough stock to fill it up. And yeah. then move the Who stuff round so you can see it more clearly as you walk in anyway. So it gets a bit more exposure. But it just doesn't look so barren in the on the shelf it and in the cabinet. Actually makes sense, actually. Now you mentioned that, because yeah, the Harry Potter stuff's literally falling out off the shelf every time you walk past it. It's bulging. Yeah, because I have to use the, the <laughs> rack behind it as well, where they've yeah. got all the Harry Potter notebooks and scarves and everything. So they we can need do that, to, yeah, yeah. We need to go in there and start managing. I think should it's we have, should we should we put ourselves forward as a what do they call it? like the you know like um who's that, what's that program like where they go into the shops and just you know it's all about you know like the Channel Four program where it's all the shops failing so they get two people to go and oh, give it yeah, a makeover yeah yeah and yeah. then and then it's all wonderful and oh gosh why didn't we do this before yeah you know, we yeah be. we could go and do that. Yeah, the Doctor Who merchandise improvement team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope that doesn't we, spell out a, a naughty something rude, acronym. No. But yeah, we should definitely do that. Go to FP and say, look, we're not being funny, but... Or we could just do it without... We could just go in <laughs> and just do it and see if... And then, you know, as they're shutting the shop, oh, I need to have a... Oh, my word. How, when did this happen? Yeah. Why did we think yeah. of this? It looks amazing. Yeah, we could, we could try that. Yeah. I'll tweet them later. Yeah, and say that we get hun hundreds of complaints to our podcast every week. Something's got to be done. Something needs just to be done. Just ham it yeah. up a bit. Yeah, we get thousands of complaints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just send him a picture of the cabinet. I did actually take one. I know you took one last time you were in there, and I took one uh, not this time, but the time before, because I was going to send it to you and say it's no better, but I forgot. But um, just send him a picture and say, could we have something in this cabinet other than cobwebs and three Titan figures that are 10 years old? Yes, because I'm not sure if they're just playing the waiting game and waiting for a load of new merch to come out. I think they're going to be waiting a while. But I was going to say, this year especially, I think it's going to be very slow for things like figures, mm. T-shirts, because they've released a couple of new designs, haven't they, recently? Yeah, yeah. Which is good, but it's not nowhere near enough to to fill up that section, is it? No. No, definitely not, no. Yeah. So I'll tweet, I'll tweet them later and just say, what, what are you playing at? Mm-hmm. Come on. I don't, I don't want to tweet them. I don't want to be blocked. <laughs> People are so trigger happy on Twitter now. Oh, aren't I they? don't mind. I'll the tweet slightest yeah. thing. Right, you're blocked. 
Yeah, I don't mind. I'll, it's I'll like, uh, you know, sort of, excuse me, your your cabinet looks a bit rubbish, blocked. <laughs> <laughs> People oh, are very no. sensitive these days. So oh, you can't say anything you're... online without somebody... We, we're going to go down a rabbit hole here, mate. I can see, but oh, I know. Um, yeah, people are very touchy and sensitive on social media these days. Very sensitive. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. And I'd, I'd hate to be blocked by FP. I think I'd be mortified. Yeah, they it's like me. it was in your FP store today. I did actually. I did tweet one, <laughs> tweet them once about one of their staff. I had a really rude staff. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple of years ago, I had a really rude member of staff, and I was so angry on the train because I'd spent a lot of money, and I did tweet them about that. And I was worried then, thinking, "Oh gosh, if I don't get blocked for," because I was a bit like, "Yeah, you know, I was a bit angry." Um, but no, they just followed me, and we had a PM discussion, and everything was fine. But yeah, yeah that was a while ago. Depends who's running the Twitter account, I suppose. Yeah. If it's, uh, yeah, let's not go down this road. No, uh, but yeah. So that's what you've been up to. I've been up to um, anything too much, really. I have been looking at a couple of events which look very cool coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I were talking about this before we started recording. You. Because I went on, this is about Wales Comic Con, uh, which is happening at the end of April. And I remember going on to the Wales Comic Con website, I think it was about two or three months ago, and thinking, okay, this looks not too bad. There was only about a dozen guests announced. Yeah. And I thought, well, this doesn't look too bad. I'll keep an eye on this one. And then when you told me about it this morning, and I jumped on there, I'm on the website now, I thought, crikey Moses, Wales Comic Con has come on a lot in the last two years. It has, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember a couple of years ago thinking, okay, it looks okay. There isn't too many sort of big guests there or anything, but this year, crikey. They're, they're absolutely knocking out of the park. Yeah. Tell you. Yeah. So tickets are reasonable 20 quid, 21 quid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Saturday and the weekend tickets have sold out, but you can still go on the Sunday, which is a bit of a bummer for one particular guest. Yeah. But they have got a lot of other people there. So uh, David Tennant is there on the Saturday. So if you're going or if you manage to get a ticket somehow, that's obviously a great one. Yeah. Uh, Billy Piper's there on the Saturday and Sunday. She's awesome as well. Yeah. yeah I love, yeah. love Billy. Uh, as a person, like, she's brilliant. Who else have we got? Michelle Gomez. Mm-hmm. She's there all weekend. She's and fun. <laughs> there was another Who person, wasn't there? Russell Tove is there. That's it. Yep. Um, he's there all weekend. Um, yeah. And then they've got some really, like, if you're into other cool franchises, so they've got Rupert Grint, um, from Harry Potter, he's there only on Saturday. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland is there, Sam Neill, Ron Perlman, a load of people from Game of Thrones, uh, the guy who plays Daredevil on Marvel, Charlie Cox is there, mm-hmm. uh, Hayley Atwell, who plays Agent Carter in the Marvel Avengers stuff. Uh, who else is there? Uh, Sam Claflin, who was in The Hunger Games, very cool. Uh, some people from The Walking Dead. Uh, pretty much everyone who was in the series Gotham, that's really cool. Mm. Um, uh, Sean Pertwee's there that might be a cool oh, photo oh yes yep. uh, have a chat about his dad uh, who else yeah Michael Madsen big big movie star mm. so yeah Wales Comic Con it's just grown like massively very quickly so if you can get over there if you haven't got a ticket yet you can still pick up Sunday that would be very cool um, you won't be able to see Tennant but Billy Piper will still be there Michelle Gomez so that's very cool yeah. Um, and that's at the end of April. And then another one that I noticed, which is not until October, um, which is MCON uh, Derby. So there's not a huge amount of guests announced at the moment, but they have got David Bradley, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, and Terry Malloy. Mm, so that'd bad. be a cool one. And if yeah. class is your thing, they've got two people from class. They've got Sophie Hopkins and um, Vivian Oprah. 
Papara. Um, so if class is your thing, they got a couple of people there. Plus they got Norm, uh, Norman Levitt from Red Dwarf and uh, a couple of other people. So that might be one to keep an eye on because I mm. imagine over the next few months they'll announce some more people and stuff. So yes, and entry is really good for MCON. It's only a tenner. It's not bad, is it? So that's pretty good. Mm. Yeah, the Wales one definitely. I mean, it's a shame that the, the Saturday is sold out. And stuff. I mean, I think price-wise for travel, I'd sort of ruled it out and things. But yeah, I mean, the guests are really good. Like they've really upped their game, I think. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I'm, hopefully showmasters are looking at that and thinking, oh, we need to we need to do something now because yeah, I'd love to have got a picture with Tennant. Tennant and Billy would be an awesome photo actually together. Together, oh yeah, for I bet sure. there'll be a lot yeah. of fun in that photo studio. I think it'll be a good, I'll be a good one that one. Yes, it will. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of cons coming up, which look fairly good. Mm. I might try and get to. Uh, otherwise, that's us done. Yes. We should probably land the old girl. <laughs> do a bit of news. Alrighty. First up, do you fancy working at yes. the BBC? <laughs> oh. At the BBC on Doctor Who. Wow, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yes. So there's a third-party company called It's My Shout, and they are offering up um, a bunch of work placements on the next series of Doctor Who. Wow. So it's trying to find and develop. Um, new talent within the TV and film industry. And they have five places available. And um, they've been going since 2002. So they're a well-established company or organization that are are handling this. And um, what they're looking for is kind of like newcomers to the scene. So essentially people who have got or can show that they have a a talent for um, working in sort of the drama side of TV, I suppose, or film. And it's a paid role as well. So as it's kind of like an internship, but you're getting paid for it, which is always good. Um, yeah. Um, but one thing that they do try and... Uh, they do try and take on people who have been from either kind of... Um, the, 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 the reason why they're doing this is to try and get some representation for sort of diverse talent within specifically the BBC. So this is trying to get people who have come from um, uh, like a, like a underdeveloped areas of the country mm. um, and um, people from like sort of diverse backgrounds, essentially uh, any, anyone with disabilities um, or lower socioeconomic backgrounds. So people in hard work in not much money areas, they're trying to extract people from those kinds of backgrounds to try and show that, you know, you don't have to be a very middle-class um, educated to university degree level to just walk into a, t- a job in television, essentially. And they're doing it with Doctor Who because it's very well known um, and they can get real, really good hands-on um, practical, you know, stu- you know, uh, uh, experience so that they can use that and then they can develop a bit further and then hopefully land a job full-time. In, in the television industry in some shape or form. So um, it's not open to people who are currently in full-time education. So if you're in high school, 
or full-time college, you won't be able to do it. Um, and you need to be available for 11 weeks from the 29th of April up until the 12th of July. So it's a couple of, it's a nearly three months worth of experience, which is good. Mm. Um, and we'll put a note in the show notes. Um, all you need to do is have a CV together of some kind and you need to email that to um, doctorwho.scheme at bbc.co.uk and you need to have that in by Sunday the 31st of March. Right. So if this sounds like something you want to do, if you're um, in between jobs or you're just come out of study or education and it's something that you feel like you're a creative person and you feel like you can actually, yeah, I've got some, I've got some chops in the old creative department. I can do that. And you want to work on doctor. I mean, who wouldn't want to work doing anything? It sounds like a great opportunity. I mean, yeah. to be honest, what have you got to lose? Just get your CV in. I think this is such a great scheme, actually. I'm just looking at the roles as well. So junior graphic designer, costume, carpenter, floor runner. That's uh, Didn't Matthew Waterhouse start out as a floor runner? He did, a runner. Else? Yeah, yeah uh, TV electrician. So, I mean, yeah, gosh, I think this is a this is a really great opportunity, actually. So, Very cool. yeah, yeah, I would just, even if you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I can, whatever, just get your CV in. I mean, it's, it's brilliant, actually. Yeah. And yeah I some, might put mine in. <laughs> and some of these roles, you might think, huh, that's weird, like a carpenter mm. or a TV electrician. Now, you might think, how does how in the heck does that relate to working with Doctor Who? Mm. But um, a carpenter, for example, um, you'd be responsible for building some amazing sets that they would film on. So if yeah. you're a carpenter, I mean, I know of people, well, I, I know a guy who was a carpenter on The Empire Strikes Back. Who went oh, in, really? Yeah, who went into it, who was... Um, wanted to, I think wanted to be a carpenter because his dad did it anyway. But just the opportunity came up just out of the blue, pretty much being a carpenter working on Elstree uh, or Pinewood, whatever it is, building film sets. And it happened to be The Empire Strikes Back. And then from there, he has worked in it all his life, made a really good career of it. And now his son does it as well. So you might think, you know, being a carpenter, that doesn't sound creative, but it absolutely is. Well, the opportunity to build, I mean, we've seen photos, haven't we, of the TARDIS set? From the oh, outside. Which is exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, yep. that wooden, yeah. Yep. That takes skills to get all that rocking and rolling. There's so many other mm-hmm. things. And also um, TV electrician. You might think, how the hell does that? But again, wiring up sets, all of that stuff, practical effects, all of that stuff, it all links in to basically TV production. Mm, and you'd be right there in the middle of it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if this sounds like your thing, get your CV over to doctorwho.scheme at bbc.co.uk by Sunday the 31st of March. And uh, you could be in with a shot, spending a couple of months in Cardiff, I assume, um, working on on Doctor Who. Sounds really cool. Does awesome stuff. Okay, uh, uh, other news. So um, we often look at a site called DoctorWhoNews.net, and I'm sure a lot of Doctor Who fans do. And if you do look at that website, you can get 10% off tickets for a Bedford. Uh, convention that's coming up which is all for charity it's called bedford who charity con five it's a really good guest at this event so uh sylvester mccoy's there sophie aldred janet fielding i know so many people who want to meet <laughs> janet after the behind the sofa she's so good in interviews as well mm-hmm. carol ann ford which is great louise jameson michael jaston and um, mike tucker so some really good event uh, some really good um guests i mean at this and basically all you have to do to get 10 percent off is uh, is email 
and and say you know and mention dot two news in your in your email basically just say i've seen this offer i'd like so many tickets and you'll get 10 percent off that's very cool yeah. and this is happening on saturday the 13th of april uh in bedford um yeah and it, it sounds good as i said the guests are great i think janet um so, you know, Janet, I think, did she move abroad or something for a while? I know she was off the scene for a little bit in the UK, but yes, she seems to be yeah. doing more conventions over here at the minute. And I'll tell you, as I said, she's she's worth the ticket alone, I think. She's such good value for money. So Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. And it's good as well because this is all for charity. Yeah. You know, it's very cool. And it's quite local as well. If you're in the southeast or the south of the UK, not too difficult to get to. Um, yeah, and so, Colin Baker loves this event. He was quoted as yes. saying that um, yeah. he said it was the best one-day event he's ever done. Uh, and that was a quote from him from the last year. So Colin has endorsed it. I think what it is, is they try and make it like the old sort of um, very relaxed sort of conventions that we used to get sort of back in my day, if you like, <laughs> yeah. where it wasn't all about just spending hundreds of pounds on, on photo shoots and things. This is a much more relaxed event and there are photo sessions and things available and autographs, but they, they really try to make it as relaxed and friendly as possible from the sounds of it. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so as Adam said, you just need to, e if you're thinking of going and you want 10% off, you just need to email the organizer of this event, which is someone called Simon Danes. And the address is info at bedfordwhocharitycon.co.uk. And as Adam said, you just need to put in your email somewhere that you've seen this on the Doctor Who News website and you get your 10% off. So Brilliant. Yeah. Good times. Really good stuff. And last in the news is not really kind of news. I suppose it's just a bit of a, a thing to mention. But uh, yesterday, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 27th of March. So yesterday, Tuesday, the 26th of March, was 14 years mm. since Doctor Who landed back on our screens. Wowzers. Yeah, the episode Rose was slammed in our faces. Yeah. What time did it go out? Do we know? Um, was it seven, six, seven? I'm trying to remember now. Crikey. I'm not sure. Because um, I, I didn't watch Doctor it Who It was prime then. time. Yeah. No, you didn't watch Doctor Who back then, did you? No. No, no. But um, I put in my tweet yesterday that um, uh, I remember seeing lots of stuff about it at the time. Yeah. Because um, 2005 is the year. Because I remember 2005 very clearly. It was the year that I changed jobs and I met my wife that year. So I remember that year very quick, very clearly. And I remember mm. seeing, um, there's a there's a very popular poster of, of oh, uh, yeah. Chris Eccleston and Billy Piper sort of standing in front of the TARDIS and they're kind yeah. of looking off into the distance. I remember seeing that poster on loads of billboards, in magazines, everywhere, and articles about it as well. It was a real, but because I didn't watch it, I was like, oh, okay, that seems like, you know, cool. Mm. I know of Doctor Who, obviously. Um, but yeah, I just... And it wasn't long after that I thought, hmm, what's all this lark then? All this Doctor Who stuff. But you must have been. Where, where was, were you when you watched it? I was, I was. I can absolutely remember it like it was yesterday, mate. I was. I went and shut myself up. I was living with my parents at the time. Uh, I went and shut myself away in the bedroom. I can remember <laughs> shutting the door. I can picture myself in the room so clearly. Actually, shutting the bedroom door, just sitting there, just. Um, but, you know the anticipation of like oh gosh like two minutes it's going to start what is this going to be like <laughs> it was it was incredible actually that first shot of the, the zoom into the earth and going into the you know all the sort of montage of rose and mickey and i can still i can hear the music in my head now because murray's music is quite different in rose isn't it it's quite yeah, sort of electronic yeah. that beginning do, 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 you know and all that and i was thinking yeah i can remember it so clearly and i remember all the posters 
but what I do remember even more clearly is is the build up to it. Um, those promotional trailers that mm-hmm. they did were fantastic. So the one of Eccleston running down a corridor and there's a big flame ball behind him, and then there's that bit where he walks in. I'm the Doctor. This is Rose. It was the build up was incredible, mate. Honestly, for a Doctor Who fan, I was just. You know, I just couldn't believe it, really, actually. I, I, as I said, just sitting down with waiting for it to actually start was was something else uh, back oh, in the day. That's so but, cool. Yeah. And it was, and I really, I remember really enjoying Rose. I remember when it finished, I really liked it. I thought, yeah, that was good. It was a good introduction. I think the first time I really, because I enjoyed it and I liked the next one, but the first bit that really cemented Eccleston as the Doctor was the following story for me. Um What's it called? End of the world, isn't it? End of the world. Uh, there's yeah, a bit so. where he's mending something, and he's he's he has a little tear rolled down his cheek. I think he's talking about Gallifrey or something. I can't remember. Right. But, yeah, but I just yeah. remember thinking, God, I love this Doctor. That was the moment when I just thought, Eccleston is yeah, they've absolutely picked the right bloke. He's superb. And then there was the bit where he's stood in front of the big um, fan, and he closes his eyes and walks through it. And I just he blew my mind. Oh, and, yeah, you know, yeah. not the best episode, but just him. I was just like, he's so good. I love this mm-hmm. Doctor already because that was the second episode, wasn't it? Yeah. And him and Billy just worked so great in the episode. So yeah, but Rose, as I said, I remember thinking it was a really good start, and I I enjoyed it. But I think it was the next episode, and I really felt like, oh, Doctor Who is absolutely back. I'm loving this. Makes me want to go and watch those early ones now. Mm. And yeah. I'll tell you when I realised that they were starting to go beyond the Doctor Who fans as well when I realised they were getting a new audience was when I was walking down the Cowley Road in Oxford to some bar I don't know why I wasn't home watching Doctor Who or maybe it was repeat I don't know but I walked past the guy and they'd got I think it was like in um, like what what they call it cottage chicken or something shop on the Cowley Road and they used to have TVs in them they probably stood it and there was a guy outside the cottage chicken watching um, the Gelf (laughs) what's that episode called the Unquiet Dead yeah on the screen and he was just fixated he was just stood on the street watching it and uh, oh, i was cool. just like this is great this is like everyone's just you know glued to the tv sets watching dot two i love it so yeah it was just nice I, I could just tell that it was bringing on new people not just from that i just mean it it was just nice to see someone just engrossed in it on the street if you know what i mean yeah. so oh, that's awesome yeah, yeah yeah so but yeah really good time so I, I loved all the billboards and stuff that you mentioned as well it was a it was a hell of a time to be alive. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember. I it, it's a shame in a way that I wasn't involved in in Doctor Who at that time because I would have loved to have been on the hype train and you know looking forward to it and stuff. And but the thing uh, is, I don't remember. Uh, I, I don't remember many of my friends. Like you know, like you, you're probably picturing me, you know, chatting to friends afterwards. What did you think? There wasn't any of that because I don't remember any of my friends actually liking Doctor Who when it returned. Okay. So I know that it built over that first year. I know that, you know, by the end of Eccleston's run, loads of people were talking about Doctor Who. And, you know, but I I think I had one friend who, who actually, you know, who I could sort of talk to about it afterwards. So there wasn't this, and I can only talk about myself here. I don't know about other people that were sort of old Doctor Who fans that were, you know, watching this. But yeah, there was not this thing like I have now where every time an episode ends, you know, you're on Twitter discussing it or, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, back then you might have phoned your friend and said, oh, did you watch Doctor Who? There wasn't, I didn't have a big social right. Doctor Who network back then. So it was, I seem, seem to remember it ended. And then, yeah, I think I just got my one friend um, <laughs> <laughs> that we I discussed it with and, the, you know, the moment that we really sort of came together over it was Dalek, you know, he was just like, because mm-hmm. he got to see it first. I, I must have missed it on transmission. He's like, oh, you've got to watch Dalek. I was like, oh, is it good? Yes, it's amazing. And, 
it came around to my house and we watched it together. So, but yeah, that gradually, it's amazing to think about that sort of one Doctor Who friend. And now where we are now, and I've just, my whole social life is Doctor Who. Like everybody I know yeah. that no, I'm no, friends I mean, with pretty yeah. much loves Doctor Who or knows about it. And, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I, I think that was just before or a few years away from everybody having social network accounts. And yeah, I was stuff. thinking that, yeah. I don't remember having a Twitter account or anything in 2005. No. no. So that was before everybody jumped on social afterwards and discussed it and moaned about it and hated it and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've got the time here. So Saturday, the 26th of March, 7pm was the place to be. 7pm, I knew it was yeah. like prime time, yeah. And then it went out the following evening on BBC Three, at seven and then a month later 17th of july they repeated it on bbc3 so what is that cool yeah yeah i was gonna say i remember like eccleston doing a few i remember seeing him on jonathan ross as well doing he did a bit of publicity for it right and uh, i think that was before the show or maybe it was just after rose because that also built the hype i remember they were showing clips from like aliens in london and stuff and just thinking oh my god it looks so good and yeah. yeah, the 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 synopsis is great for Rose as well. Rose Tyler believes she is living another day of her ordinary life, but after being threatened by Autons, in brackets, living plastic, for new Who fans, mm-hmm. uh, controlled by the nesting consciousness, she meets the ninth Doctor. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. And I love yeah. that shot when she first runs around the TARDIS and the outside, and you know you're just about to go into it, because um, I think we'd seen inside in the trailer, I guess. I can't remember now. But uh, uh, yeah, that was a good scene. You were like, oh, Rose, is, she's going to go in any minute now. She's going to go in. Yeah, that was a good moment. Yeah, I might have to watch Rose later. I haven't seen it in a while. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Good story, that one. Stick it on. Something else. Uh, right, that's it for news. There's no merch this week. Can't really uncover any uh, worthy merch to speak about. No, my wallet's breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, I think the most I've seen is a couple of upcoming figures for the Figurine magazine subscription. Uh, yeah that's about it i think i saw the clown from greatest show in the galaxy i think he's coming up soon Um, the one i'm excited for is um the auton but it's the one from uh um name it terror of the auton it's the sort of dandelion one with the big hat oh yeah yeah. that looks brilliant Mm. can't wait for that one but uh yeah they've i think they've released sill is the latest one sill and the clown and uh sutek which i've had on back order for ages but yeah, he hasn't arrived yet. Cool. Mm. But yeah, not a lot else, is there? Not really, mate. Not enough to fill the cabinet of woe. No, given it's, we've given Dalek Tat a, a week off. Yeah, <laughs> on vacation. Yeah. Let's crack on with our review. Right. What have we got, buddy? So yeah, Torchwood this week and... Um, we got the we got the episode wrong at the end of last week, didn't we? We said it was going to be killing Susie, but that'll be the the next tortured one we do. We accidentally missed out an episode, so this week we are reviewing Greeks bearing gifts. It will find you, but oh, I can hear voices. They're people's thoughts. I'm gonna kill them. What is this thing? This is impossible. You need to see this. It's like a curse. Something the gods said would drive someone mad. Get me into Torchwood. Torchwood continues Sunday at 10 on BBC Three. Ah, BBC Three. BBC Three, I know, yeah. Ah. Torchwood. Greeks Bearing Gifts was first broadcast back in 2006. So this is uh, 
This is 13 years old. Mm. In November. Uh, normal runtime, 50 minutes, and it was uh, written by Toby Whithouse. Ah, there's a, a name we know. There's a name we know, yes. And um, directed by Colin Teague and stars the usual Torchwood team. Mm. And um, uh, a, a guest performance by Daniela Denbiash, who most of you would have known if you watch it from, well, I, I remember firstly from a, a really old comedy called My Family. Oh, yeah. I forgot she was in that. Yeah. yeah. But most of you probably know her from EastEnders. Yeah. Boo. If you watch it. Yeah. I hate EastEnders. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hate EastEnders. <laughs> and uh, the story plot for this one is it centers around Tosh mainly. And uh, she meets up with um, she meets up with Mary, Mary, also known as the other person. Uh, oh, it's got a really funny name, isn't Philo- it? Philoctetes. Yeah, yep. I wasn't. I wasn't even going to try and pronounce it. Just yeah. call it Mary. <laughs> call it Mary. Yeah, she meets up with Mary, and Mary gives her um, an alien pendant, which enables Tosh to listen to everyone else's thoughts, um, and then the. Uh, so while that's going on with Tosh, uh, they discover this old uh, skeleton that's been murdered at an old dig site and the team are really puzzled over what's going on. Um, I think um, uh, Owen uh, makes a, a guess about how the person died and he turns out to be completely wrong and it's all a bit of a mystery. Mm. And um, it turns out that Mary um, was actually... Uh, possessed by this old um, alien spirit that had been exiled from its home world and uh, has used their body over the last couple of hundred years to uh, feed on people, which is why they keep, well, they find out eventually anyway that there's a long line of bodies that have got similar shaped holes in their chest where she's taken Mm. their heart to feed and so on. And while this is all going on, as I said, Tosh is kind of listening to people's thoughts and she listens to Gwen and Owen and she starts to question what she's doing at Torchwood and do they like her? Do they not like her? They pity her, whatever. And, um, yeah. Greeks bearing gifts. Mm. What do you reckon? What do you reckon to this one? Yeah, not too bad. Not too not bad. Not too bad, this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, quite a fairly decent watch. Um, I like the idea, of, you know, of being able to hear people's thoughts and stuff. Well, it doesn't feel terribly original, but it uh, it works quite well, I think, in the episode. Um yeah, I don't know. It, it, I did like it. I thought it was good. It, it did seem to run out of steam a little bit. I kind of felt like there wasn't quite enough story to fit the 50 minutes. You know, there was a lot of long shots, especially the end one of oh, Cardiff. Yeah. It just yeah. it, was as if they, it was as if they thought, oh, we're only up to 46 minutes. We need to, <laughs> what can we put in to make this go up to 50? Um, but yeah, overall, I, I thought it was, was all right. Um, it was nice for Tosh to get a little you know, more a story, more focused just on her because we haven't really got to know her very much. And this is what's episode seven in series one. So, yeah, it was good to get that to be more focused on Tosh. And I, I think that worked quite well. Um, the performances weren't too bad in this one either because I think we've said, you know, it, the early episodes of Torchwood, the car seemed a bit clunky. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to be gelling a little bit more. Still not liking the whole um, Owen and Gwen thing because uh, of course she can hear the their thoughts in this one so she Tosh realises that they've been having an affair um, there is a couple of funny moments there's a good bit when 
Gwen's like, why isn't he looking at me? And Owen's like trying to be the typical lad. He's like, don't look at her, don't look at her, don't be too keen. So yeah, a couple of nice moments like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, it was it was decent. I I don't think it's like a great episode. I don't think it's a bad episode. But I kind of felt it fitted nicely in the series because it's sort of you know past the halfway mark and it kind of felt like the episode we needed. Nothing too grand. It wasn't you know. There's no no big invasion or cyber women breaking in or anything like just was kind of a, a nice sort of easy watch in the middle of the series so I, I think it works quite well in that sense as well so yeah fairly all right this one quite quite enjoyable what do you what do you think yeah i thought this one to be honest with you of the the point that we're up now in in because we're still on we're still on series one aren't we so yeah i think this is one of the better ones that i've seen yeah, so yeah far. I'd say that, yeah. I think the story had a little bit more substance to it, mainly because of the emotional uh, wallop that we got from Tosh, really. Mm. Um, from uh, actor's name, uh, Naoko Mori. I just thought that her performance was really quite good overall, and I think we haven't really seen that yet. Um, and surprisingly, um, I thought John Barrowman's performance was the worst. <laughs> in this well he's not story. in it very much is he um no. and he, he comes across and i don't know if you felt this a bit smug yeah, in this bit. episode yeah so he's only in a couple of scenes i think it's a very it's a very jack light episode mm-hmm. isn't it yeah um but when he is in them it's as if he kind of just comes in and i'm gonna sort it all out i know what's going on and <laughs> yeah so i i don't know i felt a little bit like that as well i was yeah. a bit like oh Get lost, Jack. Yeah, there was one... You, you scene. smug so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was one scene where uh, Tosh has gone to Torchwood and she's wearing the pendant, but she can't hear Jack's thoughts. Yeah. Um, and that was at that at the end, that links into a nice little question that hovers above Jack's character, which is cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, that scene, he's he kind of picks up that something's not right with her. He knows that she's not behaving as she normally does, which is fine. But then the scene towards the end... It it seems to Torchwood seems to have a format that the writers need to adhere to. Certainly in series one, anyway, that I've noticed where mm. there's like an investigation period which takes up the bulk of the episode. So something's happened, and then the Torchwood team are trying to find out either what the alien is or what's causing it and all that stuff. And then at the end, there's like a standoff where you've got Jack shouting very angrily, you know, mm. drop the weapon, you know, or you know yeah. or whatever whatever it is and then it, like you said he's a bit of a save the day person and then it all quiets down at the end and then we're off to the next one so i wasn't too enamored with that part of it and jack seems to or the character of jack just seems to slot nicely or too conveniently into that format that we've seen and i just thought that john barman was a little bit yeah just just didn't do it for me at all in this one but the rest of the cast were actually okay i thought um uh, Daniela Ash, I thought she was reasonably good. Um, I thought she was very good, actually. Yeah, she kind of had the whole... Um, uh, sort kind of, of cocky. Uncaring, yeah, very cocky mm. and very uh, manipulative sort of side. She mm. played that very well, I thought, and overall not too bad, and Tosh was very good. Um, and I also thought that, um, although they can be quite annoying in their own right at times, I thought Gwen and Owen were okay, even though they're not you know what they're up to is not good but they've mm. their performances were quite funny stroke emotional i thought 
Um, so yeah, it's overall it's okay, and like the story had a little bit of substance to it. We had that flashback scene where Mary's alive a couple of hundred years ago, and she's yeah she's playing a um what's the word a sex worker. I think is the best way to describe uh, what she's up to. And she, you know, a, a young... I don't think that's what he calls her, but yeah, he we, doesn't. Probably, yeah. We, should, we should probably shouldn't say what he calls her. Yeah, so a young military person, yeah. military personnel. Is, mm. uh, yeah, and they're off into the woods to have a bit of, a bit of how's your father. And mm. um, yeah, and that's when she, you know, we find out later that the this alien had um, in, inhabited her body and... You know, made her invincible, I think, because he does shoot her, doesn't he? And she rips yeah, his heart. Yeah, that's out. right. Yeah, that's quite gross that she rips his heart out in the flashback. Yes. Yeah, so we what have a bit of think? backstory, don't we? And that, which is quite good. Yeah, that all yeah. works really, really well. I was going to say, but what did you think of the actual wrap up then? Because, like you said, Barrowman, uh, or well, Jack, sorry, just kind of swoops in at the end. <laughs> sends her up into the middle of the sun and it's all gone and I found the wrap up a little quick if I'm honest I, I felt like it, it didn't satisfy me particularly and it seemed quite harsh of Jack as well it was uh, yes yeah I mean I know this thing's been going around ripping out hearts so it's not yeah but I don't know it did seem the way he's like because you know I think he could tell that Tosh had they'd become an emotional attachment to mm-hmm. to Mary so he's a bit heartless I thought He's kind of like, yeah, she's burning up in the sun. And it's like, okay, yeah, you've saved the day, Jack. We've got it. But I, I don't know. It was a little, I, I felt, A, it was a bit rushed. It just seemed a real quick wrap up. But also, yeah. I didn't really like the fact that Jack was responsible for saving the day. I think maybe because he hadn't been into the episode, I kind of think it would have been better if Tosh had somehow had to make that. Yeah. I think it would have had yeah. more of an in, emotional impact if Tosh would have had to have done it if you know what I mean. Like, if she had no choice, I don't know, maybe if Mary had got, you know, Owen held, you know, uh, captured and she's about to rip his heart out and then Tosh, you know, has to send her to the sun. I think the ending could have been more dramatic, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I just didn't like the way Jack just waltzed in, saved it, and then, yeah, right, off we go, we're all done now. It just seemed a little bit anticlimactic, I think. Could Could have been built up a bit better, I think. Yeah, it was also a little bit at odds with um, with how you would expect Torchwood to to handle that as well, because they've got like these, um, well, they've got these holding cells, haven't they, in the hub, mm. where they capture aliens who are a potential threat to people and they lock them away in there. And earlier on in the episode, when Mary is talking to Tosh about, because Tosh says, you know, I want to take you into Torchwood, I think, and yeah, all that stuff, and they're like, "No, they're going to lock me away and do tests on me and on all that stuff," and that's kind of aligns with what Torch would do. So it's kind of out of sorts, really, that Captain Jack just kills her on the spot. You know, mm. reprograms that thing to the coordinates or ha- coincidentally the middle of the sun. So she's obviously you know a goner immediately. So yeah. it seems at odds with we know that Torch would don't necessarily kill aliens; they just lock them away because. You know, that's not their thing. And she even says they're going to lock me away and do tests and stuff. And then at the end, Jack's like, oh, I kill her. You know, did you kill her? Yes. You know, he's really angry. Yeah. And then in a split second, he's sort of Colgate smile. Colgate smile, Everything's yeah. good. And But also know. the pendant, they, she, you know, she smashes that, doesn't she? She treads on that. And I think, again, they've got a whole room to lock these things in. Kind of yeah. no need to do that. I kind of get it in a way that, 
she views it as you know very very a curse she she labels it as so yeah i suppose extremely so, yeah. dangerous yeah. So you can see it from one point of view the reason why but mm. yeah the whole killing the alien thing i found a bit just not really just not aligned with how you would deem torchwood to handle that stuff no like i said i think it's just a way of just wrapping the episode up very neatly if you like mm. that's done over and done with sort of thing um the, the thing with the necklace though that's that's the side of the story i do like because it it does give you this dilemma, I think, in, you know, I think there are times when we would all love to get inside someone else's head. You know, there's there's times when we all think, I wonder what they really think of me or I wonder what he's thinking right now or she's thinking right now. And so I think that's an interesting dilemma because you kind of, I think anyone would want to do that at times, but then we probably wouldn't want to hear what we do here. So it is a double-edged sword. And I think that's an interesting side of this story that, um, Tosh finds it really hard to resist listening into people's thoughts, which I think any of us would. Mm -hmm. But then she doesn't always like what she hears. Um, but then the woman says to her, you know, well, you're just hearing one side. It's not, you know, you've got to take it yeah, yeah. In, in context. But there's that other bit where she hears the guy who's going to murder his wife and son. I mean, that's quite a harsh scene, actually. Pretty dark, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, it is really dark because the, the, the two um, characters, the two actors in that scene, the mum, and the son are brilliant. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're only supporting cast. They're only in that one scene. They're only in it for a couple of minutes at most. They look absolutely terrified. I mean, I'm wondering if the director, um, <laughs> Colin Teague, is it? Colin Teague. Uh, yeah. I wonder if he had a real shotgun point out because I thought, God, they're really acting this well. They look absolutely terrified, those mm -hmm. two. Yeah. Um, the, the guy who's going to shoot them, not so great in terms of acting, but... But I thought that was an interesting scene because obviously then, you know, Tosh saves the day by hitting him over the head of a golf club. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the bracelet does a good thing. But uh, lucky he left the door open, I kept thinking as well. <laughs> lucky. <laughs> you know, so she could get in. Um, but yeah, but I liked that side of the story. As I said, it's quite a simple idea being able to, you know, it's not probably not that original that an idea, but it does work quite well in terms of the story, I think. Yes, the whole mind yeah. reading thing, you know, playing into that. And it's good now that she knows about Owen and Gwen as well, I think. <laughs> yeah. That's quite good. So she's she's on to that. She, had a, she has a thing for Owen, doesn't she? She has a thing for Owen, yeah. So it's, she's kind of put out, isn't she, on quite a lot of levels. Yeah, uh, to begin with, certainly. She <laughs> yeah. suspects that something's going on anyway, but it's confirmed, isn't it, when she gets the, the pendant on and she can hear them. That's it. And um, mm -hmm. it's, it's a nice moment towards the end, though, when her and Gwen kind of, have a reset between the two of them because it has been a bit of an awkward because yeah. because of that situation it's been a bit awkward the last two episodes so it's yeah. cool that at some at the end they're like they sort of apologize to each other it's like i shouldn't have invaded your privacy and your thoughts and she's like well i'm not one to judge because i'm having an affair so i can't i can't take the moral high ground in any way mm. they, and they kind of have an, a mutual understanding don't they it's yeah so hopefully we won't have the awkwardness from the next episode onwards, they should, yeah, get on with it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember how the whole Owen and Gwen thing pans out, actually. I'm kind of hoping that comes to an end soon. Um, I really can't remember where that storyline goes, if anywhere, actually. But uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that ending. Yeah, yeah. I think to it's honest. towards the end of the first, it's towards the end of the series, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I really yeah. can't remember, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think it's uh, that. Sorry, that going back to that scene you mentioned where she overhears the guy walking through the town with the, the shotgun and stuff. Yeah, I think that block of 
additional story was really needed. Because like you said, it does, it's weird because the story gets drawn out a little bit over the episode. I don't think mm. there's enough, there's not enough sort of uh, decent content to fill the st- the runtime. Yeah. Because there's a few scenes that are a little bit, because there was one scene where I thought, it's where Mary's sitting in a chair in the corner of the bedroom and Tosh is on the bed in her pyjamas and she's crying. And I thought, we know all this. You know what? Yeah. She's just kind of, all she's doing is repeating what we already know. The the bit you know. where I started to think, oh, I might check my phone a bit, was it was about half an hour in actually. And I think it is around about that bit you're talking I think about. So. Yeah. There's a bit where, yeah, I think that's happening. And Owen is working something out on the computer. And it, the whole episode just seemed to almost slow right down. I was thinking, yeah, it's nothing's really, like you said, the story isn't building anymore. Uh, it seems like they've kind of run out of steam. <laughs> yeah. And then it did pick up uh, about five minutes later. But yeah, definitely did did sag a little in the middle. Yeah. yeah. And, they also, and they also inject these very strange, very strange character scenes as well. It's almost like they're making Captain Jack to be a bit of a Batman figure because... That, oh, yeah, he's standing on the blimmin' roof. Yeah, that whole having scene. Having a moment. Yeah, yeah, that whole scene where Owen's on the computer and he's, he, you know, he's on the case, isn't he? He's figuring yeah. it all out. And Tosh is crying on the bed and that music sort of building and building. But there's these scenes where Jack's got this like superhero pose. He's on top yeah. of, the, of a of a tall building with the lights, you know, very dramatic. It's just like something out of a, you almost expect to see a Batman signal light yeah. up in the sky behind him. And you think, that's not really Captain Jack, is it? <laughs> Captain Jack's more of a... I just don't. I just don't get why he, why he's up on the roof pondering in a very superhero esque fashion. Yeah, what's going on? That, you know, I think that's part of that whole montage <laughs> middle bit. I think where I just felt like they were trying to sort of fill time. <laughs> fill time. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. loves a montage, isn't it? You blame yeah. Stallone for that for the Rocky from the Rocky film. <laughs> but I feel I genuinely feel like there was probably about thirty five minutes worth of content tried mm. to be stretched along. They tried to stretch it along. 50 minutes worth which is why that long aerial shot of Cardiff at the end you just think when's this going to bloody end then it it was a bit like the start of Leisure Hype but you know instead of being at the beginning it was at the end wasn't it like a long shot of Cardiff yeah and then it just goes into the credits yeah as I said I I do think it was a good watch but it it did struggle I think to fill the 50 minutes at times yeah it was just scenes that they could have literally chopped in half they didn't have to go on that long and we, yeah. could, we could have had a bit more backstory about um, the alien. Um, yeah, we don't really go into that, do we? No, because all we know is, for whatever reason, that um, it's been it's been uh, like banished, hasn't it, from its home planet? Mm. Um, and she's left it a couple of hundred years because they because I think Tosh questions her and says, "What makes you think you'll be able to go home?" and and that stuff. And she does say, well, it's been a couple of hundred years now. The people that exiled me probably aren't there and I should be able to just go home and stuff. But it would have been nice to have had a bit more detail about, because was she, I'm struggling to remember this bit. When she tells Tosh about that, does she go into detail about why she was, like what her crimes were or what she what she had done to be? To, to be? Uh, if she did, I can't remember them. I don't, don't remember her really explaining it. She might have done. I might have just not been paying attention but i don't remember anything where she explained yeah because she, she just says that because the, the whole reveal is quite good you know when she reveals to tosh that she yeah is, and i like that that bit. was pretty cool yeah and then she said that she was exiled from 
her home planet. So what's the race of her? Oh, the Archetines. Hmm. So the Archetines. Um, um, oh, it's the same. Here's a cool link for you. It's the same alien that we see at the very beginning of the Sarah Jane adventures. Do you remember out in the garden? Yes. I wondered if it was, actually. Yeah. I did think that. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've just read the name out loud. I Ah. think, where have we heard? Yeah, it's from the the very first Sarah Jane, isn't it? It's the alien that visits her. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the the look of the design of the alien, actually. I thought when, you know, it revealed itself, it looked really good. Mm -hmm. Like the actual design of it, the CGI... Yeah, a little bit dated maybe, but but I think actually it looked still looked really nice. The CGI had a real charm about it, being from that era. Mm-hmm. So I actually really did like the look of that. I thought it might have been that alien, but I wasn't sure from Sarah Jane. I thought it was this, I thought maybe it's just a similar look, but it is actually supposed to be the same one, is it? I think it's well, it's the same race. Or the same race. Yeah. 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 So I'd like to have a bit more detail around why she was exiled. Because she didn't go into too much detail about that side of it. But I think mm. they could have chopped a couple of other scenes and extended a couple of her scenes where she's gone into more detail, basically. Well, yeah. And also, the more I think about it, the more I think about the ending, right? So is that the only time we see her as the alien? I think it is, isn't it? Um, well, there's is three that, times, isn't there? Is there? In well, the so, flashback. Oh, yeah, so the flashback, the bit the, with things. The reveal Does she to turn Tosh. into it at the end? Um, in the pub? Oh, no, she doesn't, no. Because that's what I'm thinking. The more I think about it, I think the ending, because we've had all the stuff building between Owen and Gwen, and obviously Tosh has kind of put herself in the middle of that without them knowing. (laughs) So you really could have built on that whole storyline, because if if she had gone into the alien form at the end, A, it would have been a bit more visually interesting. And if she'd then taken, you know, a hostage and started to rip rip out Owen's heart or even Gwen, Mm -hmm. and then Tosh has to banish it to save them. That would have been a much more dramatic and it would have also brought the whole Tosh, Owen and, you know, Gwen thing a bit more full circle, if you know what I mean, rather than it just sort of, because it's kind of like a few storylines running along each other, but they don't come together particularly. So that I think they, they could have made much more of that. You know what I mean? They could have brought the three of them together at the end and, and Tosh is, you know, got to save the day rather than Jack waltzing in and, and doing it. And also we could have seen the creature again. So yeah, I do think, yeah. I do honestly think they missed a bit of a, a trick with this one. Cause I think, um, I think the ending could have been a, a lot better actually. Yeah. You know I mean, I'm just sort of pitching that in no, my head. Yeah. That's, 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 what, that's what I would have done. I would have had a turn into the creature, gone a bit wild, grabbed one of them, you know, Tosh has to save the day and it's banished to the sun. And Jack's like, Hey, what's going on in the hub? <laughs> You know, I'm missing the party. Yeah. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be hanging around on clifftops, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be uh, you know trying I mean? to be Batman. Yeah. yeah, so I reckon they, I think they missed a little bit of a trick, actually, with the ending. As again, I'm not, it sounds like I didn't like this episode. I really did, actually. But but I do, the more I think about it, I would have made the ending a lot more Yeah, exciting. no, I totally read you, mate. Yeah, they yeah. could have, um, the ending could have been cool. It could have been a bit more of a, a sort Dramatic. of shoot, not a shootout, but it could have been more of a, a battle in the hub with the alien, you know, legging around and trying to get the transporter. Loved, yeah. Yeah. I'd have just loved to have seen that alien in the hub, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. sort of doing something rather than just um, Mary turning up and screaming and being shot into space. Yeah. 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 Um, what did you think to, so at this point in the series in Torchwood, every character has had some kind of same sex relationship or kiss or whatever. 
Mm. So this one's taken to a bit more of a higher level, isn't it? So Tosh is actually, um, you know, doing a do. Doing, yeah. Doing the old do uh, with Mary a couple of times. And um, yeah. did that detract from your character, your view on Tosh or still good? No, no. And I, I, I actually think because some of the bits in series one are tortured a bit clunky, aren't they? You kind of <laughs> feel like they've thrown it in to be, yeah. oh God, you know, but I actually think um, it does feel, I think because of the performance from, is it Danielle or Daniela? Daniela. Who plays yeah. Daniela. Um, I think she plays it so well. So that first bit when she she's reading her mind and she says, I'm I'm thinking I want to kiss you and stuff. I think that actually is it works quite well. I can see that being quite clunky if it had been done mm-hmm. in a different way. So no, it didn't. I thought I thought actually their their sort of relationship in this episode, actually the progression and the way it's handled, I think is is done pretty well. It didn't I wasn't sat there thinking, Oh, here we go, is the you know, is the is the kiss and oh yeah they're in bed together now right okay it's adult it's tortured you know i wasn't sat there sort of rolling my eyes i think it did actually work quite well because i think mainly because of the way tosh plays it as well because mm-hmm. she's kind of a bit messed up isn't she really because she kind of really she's got this thing for owen and i don't think she really considered mary until mary kisses her and then obviously she thinks oh actually yeah this is all right so it, you know what i mean it's it's i think it's handled quite well in terms of the way that they both performed yeah. you know performed the script if you like yeah yeah it no. didn't feel clunky and sometimes in torchwood when they do handle these things like lesbian kiss and all that they do kind of just throw it in there and you just i don't know it doesn't always sort of feel yeah um yeah. As smooth yeah yeah no i'm glad you said that because it didn't it hasn't detracted at all from how cool a character Tosh is. I mean, not, you know, whether she's straight or gay doesn't matter. You know, it, I, I don't mean it does it affect her because of that. I'm just saying this is like quite a Tosh-based story. It's pretty much all about her, isn't it? So to have that extra insight into her personal life as well as what she does in Torchwood, I think is really good. Yeah, and also what I mean, what I'm trying to get at is it didn't feel like they'd put the kiss and the sex in there for the sake of it oh no no, no. if you know what i mean like yeah. it sometimes can in torture it feels like it's just there to be more adult it actually did feel part of the story yes quite naturally yeah. Yeah. yeah i think it did for another reason as well because um you can tell that she's really crying out for some kind of attention or yes something because yeah. she goes to the pub by herself doesn't she and she's just there and she's vulnerable that's right yeah, yeah. so when mary approaches her um, and she doesn't hold back. She tells her that she knows everything about her, what she does at Torchwood mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But it, al- it almost feels like a, a massive weight off of her shoulders because she doesn't have to lie to anyone about what she does, where she works and all that stuff. Everything's yeah. out in the open so she can be completely honest. And and I think that uh, she really needed that because, like we said, she's got a thing for Owen, but he's preoccupied with Gwen. So all she has is her work. So when she's on her own outside of it it was a good a good sort of step in the door for mary a release yeah 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 uh what did you think to so um we've spoken about most of the characters what did you think to um there was one person i wanted to mention um uh no oh yeah so what did you think to the cameo <laughs> from the um cameo from yanto <laughs> Oh, right, yeah. I can't stand it when they do this in Torchwood because there was one episode, wasn't there? I think it was, was it the last one even? Countryside, yeah. 
where he's such a bloody wet blanket. He's still banging on about Lisa, you know, the, oh, his yeah, girlfriend yeah. from Cyberwoman. And, yeah. and it's the same with this one. He's only in it for three minutes. And all he's doing is like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in pain or in pain, Lisa, Lisa. Why the black, why, why'd you put him in it? Yeah. Just don't bother. Uh, I'd actually, it's funny because I was just looking down the cast. I've forgotten he was in it actually. Yeah. yeah he, he moans about having to make the tea or something, doesn't he? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pointless. Pointless. <laughs> just don't <laughs> I, have Again, him. it's, no, just don't bother. Again, it's just another five, you know, couple of minutes filler of, you know, it, it's just pointless. Yeah. Yeah, and it's basically it's just so it's just a scene to reinforce the fact that Tosh can hear people's thoughts. Yeah, but also yeah. I agree with you about the whole Yantic because even just when he comes in and he's got his sour face on, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it, <laughs> but he does get better because I do. Well, I'm sure he does because I remember liking Yanto. I'm sure he get, he must get better. Oh, he does for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, so far in the series, I agree with you. He's just a wet blanket, and every yeah. time he pops up, I'm like, oh god. But now I'm sure he must get better. But yeah. not in this one. He sadly. definitely comes into his own later on. He does. But, but, but at this point in it, it's just you might as well not. He's moping around. Miserable. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can understand why from his point of view, but as yeah. a viewer. We just don't need to be reminded of it all every episode. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that, that's a, another wasted scene they could have put. It, to it added least, nothing. No, yeah, basically. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, in, I mean, in terms of characters, I think we've spoken about the main ones, really. Um, I, yeah, I just want to say that I do really think, uh, I, I seem to be slightly more impressed than you, but I do think uh, Daniela Denby Ash, <laughs> um, I think she was really good as Mary. Um I really did like her performance in this because, you know, she does have to play this sort of slightly cocky, very sure of themselves character. And sometimes if you play it a bit over the top, it can, you can just become across as unlikable. Oh, right. Uh, and yet I did, I did actually quite like her. Uh, I think maybe that's why I was slightly annoyed that Jack kills her so quickly. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. I kind of like the character. I'm not sure. I suppose she did deserve it. Cause she's been going around ripping people's hearts out, but because we haven't seen her actually do that, really apart from as the alien creature in the flashback it did feel a bit i was a bit like oh no i quite i quite liked her um so but i I just wanted to say i do think her performance was was actually very good in this i liked i liked the way she acted it and you know the way she seduces tosh and i thought was done really well you know didn't didn't feel uh Mm -hmm. didn't didn't feel forced or over the top or anything like that so i thought she was very good in it yeah no i do agree with you mate she Mm. was she was it was a good performance yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think that's it from my point of view in terms of story and characters. Have you got anything on your list that we haven't mentioned? No, just I just got unit written down because uh, old Jack keeps banging on. Where's this list? Where's this unit list, doesn't he? So it's nice to hear unit getting a mention. I don't know what list he's on about. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, I have no idea. No, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, nice to hear unit getting a little reference in there. A little yeah. reference, yeah, that's cool. So... Uh, uh, Cast-wise, they're all pretty okay. I think, yeah, I found Gwen and Owen a little bit annoying, but uh, performance-wise, they were quite good. Um, I agree with you about Jack, about John Barrowman, just a bit bit not quite uh, hitting the mark in this one. But, yeah, but I thought Naoko Mori as Tosh gave a great performance. Yeah, she really was liked, Really liked yeah. her in this. Yeah, I really sort of, I felt the vulnerability, if you know what I mean. I could, mm-hmm. I could see that she was, you know, the way she acted, that was pretty decent. So, yeah. So her and her and Daniela as Mary, I think, really hold this this episode together. Really, yes, yes. Uh, Okie dokie. 
Uh, scores then. You'd go first, I think. Yep. I'm going to give it a seven. Snap. I got seven as well. Yeah, yeah, seven as well. I was I, I, at first. I was thinking six point five. It seemed a bit low, but I did enjoy it. So yeah, I'm giving it a seven as well. Nice. Yeah. I didn't want to go any higher than that, just because I thought it's definitely not any higher in my book. No. No, because I thought although there were some good performances, the rest of it kind of brought it down a bit, like the the filler feel to it, uh, sort of after 25 minutes in, and yeah. the ending as well, and John Barrowman and stuff. And yeah, I, th- I think there's best there are much better stories to come. It's not a classic, but it's also a lot better. Like I said, I think in in terms of just being a good watchable story, it's uh, it's better than some of the ones we've had so far in series one. I'd put it as one of the better ones we've had so far. Yeah, it's up there yeah. with like Countryside, and I think yeah, that's I think I gave Countryside yeah. a seven. So yeah, it's it's what I would call decent. <laughs> decent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what did our awesome listeners think? We had a couple of audio clips in. Our hey. usual reviewer, Sammy Satine from Australia. Hey, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. Happy to fly the flag or carry the torch for the audio reviews, but hopefully I might hear some more in the future, fellow listeners. Maybe. So, Greeks bearing gifts. Toby Whithouse knows how to write a good script. I love Mary, or Philoctetes, Daniela Demby-Ash, especially her interactions with Tosh. I did think it was cruel of Captain Jack to just send her spaceship into the sun like that. I know she murdered people, but still, the doctor wouldn't approve. I like the pendant. Still unsure how Jack knew how to reprogram the spaceship, but hey, he knows stuff we don't. I give it nine Greek myths out of ten. See ya. Nine out of ten? No, the doctor wouldn't improve, approve, Sammy. I agree with you. Definitely yeah, not. Wouldn't have liked that. Not at all. No, thank you, Sammy, mm. as always. Uh, we have a new a newcomer to the audio <gasps> review. Uh, this is our new buddy, Matt Steele. Hi, Gary and Adam. Matt Steele here. This is my first review, and I'm a relatively new listener too. Uh, so, Greeks bearing gifts really fleshed out the character of Toshiko, letting viewers see more of Tosh than the tech assistant of the Torchwood team. I like the way this episode also developed Jack as the team's leader further, and I thought that John and Naoko really shined in this episode. The affair storyline between Gwen and Owen felt kind of forced and unnecessary, although to be fair, I've never been a fan of that particular story arc anyway. Also, I just kind of wish Yanto had more to do in this episode. Overall, I give this 7 mind reading pendants out of 10. Also, do you think they'll ever produce more of the season 12 box sets? Cheers. Ah. Awesome review. What a great name, Matt Steele. Matt Steele. I'd love that. If I was, That's like a superhero name. It is, isn't it? Matt Steele. Yeah, What's I really your name? Like that. Matt Steele. Matt Steele. Go in. Don't wow. need to see your ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Matt. Very cool. Um, right. Series 12. Series, series 12. I, I think they will, but um, they're taking the blimmin' long time about it. Um, but I'd be surprised. If, well, actually, I wouldn't be surprised because it's the BBC. But I'll, I think they'd be stupid if they didn't produce more. Are we talking about the, the season twelve classic? Who, the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray set, set that no, yeah, no one can get hold of. It's right, four hundred right. pounds on Amazon. Um, right. I, I, what I don't get is I know they're working on the new Blu-ray sets, but it's already there to be repressed. I don't understand why they can't just even if they don't do the limited packaging. I don't understand why they don't just release a regular release for those that want it. But. Yeah, it's who strange. knows what goes yeah. on in the mind of the BBC marketing team? But yeah, I'm sure at some point they will. Yeah, I would hope so, Matt. We can't say yes or no 
for sure, but we would hope that they would. I mean, I think the whole point of these, to begin with, it's labelled up as limited edition, so you have to sort mm. of jump on the train to to get it. But there's no reason why they can't release it in just, like Adam said, a standard with the non-limited edition packaging. So you still get all the same discs and everything. You just don't get it in the, the flashy um, container, so to speak. And they're actually losing money because... So the amount of people I've said that, well, I'm not going to bother buying the, the the other two because there's no point if I can't have the whole series. Exactly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So a lot of people are not buying season 19, 18, 19 because they don't want to be missing one. I mean, I'd be like that. I think if I, you know, OCD I am. I think mm-hmm. if I was missing 12, I'd be like that as well. I'd be thinking, no, it'd drive me mad having that gap. So surely they must release it. We haven't heard anything. We keep badgering Lee Binding to give us. We keep saying to him, "Get onto them, Lee, and tell <laughs> tell them more people." But he's, you know, the artist Lee Binding. But um, yeah, he, he, we don't know. We just don't know. We hope so. Yeah. But thank you very much for your review, Matt. It's very very cool. Yeah. Cheers, Matt. Thank you. Uh, over on Twitter, our writer Jordan Shortman. Um, who released a really good review on our website for a Big Finish story the other day. Yes. yes. Uh, the comedian, comedian story, yeah. Uh, go check that out. But he said about this story, it's a fairly decent episode, uh, a good one for Tosh, but like much of season one, it falls by the wayside slightly. I yeah. think the alien is the same as the one in the SJA, uh, the Garden Invasion of the Bane, but otherwise a fairly bland outing. Tosh gets much better in series two, exclamation mm-hmm. mark. Uh, Jack... Uh, Twitter name at Hoovernia says, it's quite a good story. It gives Tosh the spotlight for a change and actually gives us a glimpse into her life. I love the nice hint to SJA with the villain as well. 7.5. 7.5, right. Uh, Spencer Shively says, uh, glad you didn't skip this one. Tosh is annoying me the least of the team members. So honestly, oh, really goodness. enjoyed we focus on her in the episode. Uh, totally over Gwen and Owen thing. Uh, cheesy in parts, but even my girlfriend was enjoying it. Uh, Torchwood only gets better from here. Eight rusty ship props out of ten. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Jake. So Jake B. So it's a really good story. I love Tosh and I love how much character development she gets in this one. Mary is also good. They shouldn't have done that. They should have done uh, what they did in series one of Torchwood for series 11 of Doctor Who and had an episode dedicated to each character. Ooh. Mm. Jake. Yes. Yeah, you want something there. Uh, it gives it an 8 out of 10. Maybe they will in series 12. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> uh, let's have a look. Uh, KateCat0703 says, uh, so happy that the episode is Tosh-focused, as until this we barely got a real look at her character. Uh, episode itself has some nice moments, and I'm quite fond of Tosh being able to read uh, uh, the thoughts of others. Uh, who else have we got? Mm. Um uh, lastly, Edward Gillooly on Twitter says, one of the few episodes of Tortured I remember. Daniela uh, Denby-Ash is memorable in it. Tortured was often hit and miss, but I enjoyed this one. Yeah, okay. Fair and a couple over on Facebook, uh, Joseph Howarth says, this was a corker of a story. Uh, we got Tosh being the main focus and getting more character development. Uh, Mary was certainly a very complex villain and she pretty much had me guessing on what she wanted to do next. Uh, one of the better episodes of season one, and it's now become a favourite of mine. A nine out of ten. Mm, that's a good point, actually, about the, it, you know, guessing what she mm. wanted to do. I liked that. She kind of just smouldered in the background, didn't she? Rather yes. than it sort of, oh, it's a villain as she's taking over the world thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, Ath- and uh, Andrew Cuthbert 
Lastly, on Facebook, it says, <laughs> I loved it. Lots of subplots going on and nice little character pieces, especially the family towards the end. And Tosh saving the day when the husband returns home. Villain is interesting too. Nice multi-dimensional character. And the first Torchwood story in the first series has a bit more meat on the bones. Uh, mm. Nine flirty pendants out of ten. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought, Andrew. It's like the first one in the series that we've come to, for me anyway, where there's just a bit more substance to it. A bit more going on. Yeah. Yes. So that's going to do for reviews. Thank you so much, guys, for taking the time to send in your stuff. Next week, we are going back to newer Doctor Who. What is it next week, buddy? So next week, 11th Doctor Story closing time. Closing time. Closing time. Doctor's here to help. Yeah. Uh, James Corden, right? James Corden. In this one, I think. Yes, he's in it. Um, Cybermen, I think, turn up for a a minute or two, uh, what I remember. Yeah, yeah so yes, that'd uh, be interesting rewatch. Have we done, um, oh, I'd say I need to find the schedule now. Have we done the other one with James Corden? I've forgotten what it's called. We have not, I don't Where think. It, let's have a look. I'm looking at the, uh, oh no, we have. Blimey, The Lodger. There oh, you go. The Lodger, we have Yeah, we it. did Sorry, it yeah. back in whenever, episode 43. So we have reviewed The Lodger. I can't remember what we scored it. Since you remember, we quite liked it because Matt does all his gadget making and stuff in that one, doesn't he? So, don't know. Uh, oh, but yeah, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see this follow-up, if you like. Sort of follow-up, isn't it? It's a sort, yeah. Sort of. I remember that it doesn't solve the whole... Do you remember there was a whole thing about the the top floor of his house in, yes. in the lodger? Yeah. And we never really got any answers. And I don't think this one has any relevance to that from what I remember. But, yeah, I don't yeah. think so. No. Yeah. Anyway, interesting to see those two back together again. Indeedy, yes. So next week will be closing time, the 11th Doctor. So get that watched because we'll be asking for your reviews as always. And Mm. don't leave Sammy and Matt hanging. The only ones doing the audio clips. Get your phone out or your computer, whatever. Send us in an audio clip. We'd love to hear your voice. We love hearing from from you guys. And we play them Mm. all out. So, And I think we're going to wrap their budge for 225. All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, guys, for sticking with us and listening to episode 225. It's awesome to have you on board, as always, chatting through um, some decent uh, some news. Remember, if you're up for some work experience, if you've not got much going on at the moment, get your CV over to that address we mentioned. Mm. Um, so you can uh, potentially get some work experience working with the series production, Doctor Who. Get it sorted. Uh, next week... We're going to be reviewing the 11th Doctor Story closing time. So get that watched because we'll be asking for your reviews on that. In the meantime, head over to our website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our shows on there. Plus, it has links to go off to all of the various podcast networks. So you can subscribe to the show on whatever preferred network you use. We're on most of them. And our shows drop every Friday morning, so you won't miss one. Uh, iTunes is our main uh, network I suppose if you want to call it Uh, there's a big button there to link off to that and if you are an iTunes listener if you could spare a minute for a review that would be amazing because that helps us out lots there's also buttons there to link off to the various various social networks Twitter, Instagram and Facebook we chat Doctor Who in the week so get involved over there jump over to YouTube 
do a search for the Geeks Handbag. Yes, go and have a look at the Geeks Handbag. Loads of really cool videos on mm. Adam's channel. Give him a subscribe on there. And he's also on all of the social networks under the same name, the Geeks Handbag. Give him a like and a follow and just jump in on the community. We've got some really cool uh, community uh, that chat lots of Doctor Who. It's very, very Yes, cool. indeed. Until next week, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Uh, uh...